0: Fire up, You're listening to White Line Fever, hosted by Steve Mascord, the man with the worst musical taste of anyone I know.
1: Welcome to episode 26 of White Line Fever. I'm here with uh, Brett Odin from Fire Up, and we're talking about the, the fallout from the last State of Origin game. Have you been shocked at the outcry of... I'm not shocked by anything
0: in Rugby League, Steve, and I'm certainly not shocked by Ricky Stewart blaming everyone else for his uh, own failings. I thought the decision at the crucial moment to take off our best player and send on uh, Jamie Bure for six minutes of genius was, uh, was a masterstroke from Stewart. And I thought no- you were actually referring to Jamie Bure as our best player. Well, and, and no <laughs> amount of whinging about uh, the deplorable refereeing decision can change that uh, fact.
1: So what, what's in store for New South Wales in the second game? More of the same.
0: More <laughs> of the same, I think. Are they getting closer? Uh, no. No, I don't believe they are. <laughs> I think they are delivering uh, small amounts of false hope to the people of New South Wales,
1: uh, and that's the best we can hope for. <laughs> now, what about... Um, uh, there haven't been many atrocities this year. BJ Leilua, how excited were you to hear that there had finally been another atrocity?
0: Well, I'm never excited to hear of uh, terrible acts perpetrated on women, but I must admit that when uh, news of BJ's atrocity came through, I did think, I can relax now because that's our show sorted out for this week.
1: <laughs> why? Do you, have you a theory as to why atrocities are in decline? Is it, is it anything good that the players or the clubs are doing? I think it's the quality of games available on the Xbox and and the GFC. (laughs) And finally, uh, you're a Sydney Roosters supporter. I thought earlier in the year they were lucky to get some results. Uh, They played some teams that weren't too good. Uh, Where will they finish? Well, curiously, up until the Canterbury game, even though they'd lost three out of their
0: last four, I did think that they were building and playing pretty well. But it turned out they were building to a deplorable performance. (laughs) So uh, I think they've got some very good young players, but I think uh, 12th or 13th is probably likely, sadly.
1: But it does free up my time in September. (laughs) Give us a song. Not the same song again. Not the fire up. What song did we have last year? I think we may have played uh, All Fired Up by Junior Brown. Do you have anything else? that I'd like to play. Yeah, maybe one of those Canberra, uh, you know, something from Jack Whiten and the Whiten Stripes. Yeah, maybe uh, you're pretty good looking for a girl. That would
2: be, uh, by the and Stripes, that would be my choice. Thanks, Brett. Bye. Oh yeah, you're pretty good looking.
1: and you're on white Line fever. Welcome back. I'm here with Josh Morris and we're in the Blues camp here in Coogee. Um, the weather looks, like, looks like it's improving a little bit, but how's it been affecting training? Terrible weather in Sydney. Uh, we've had the day off today, but um,
0: you know, we ripped into our trainer session yesterday. We managed to get in before the rain set in, so uh, it was good to blow the cobwebs out and, and get a solid first session under the belt.
1: Now, what we want to know in this program is, what, what are they playing on the team bus? What sort of music are they playing? Because like, there's a lot of hip hop around in rugby league at the moment. What do what the blues listen to? Yeah, there's a bit of everything.
0: Um, <laughs> you've got a coup with his Fijian music, blaring, and, and, and his hip hop and stuff like that. And then you get all the old heads up the front that like their uh, Triple M and stuff like that. So there's a bit of a mix, but um, everyone seems to enjoy whatever music's being played. What are you into? Mate, I, I'm a floater. I'll go with anything. Um, I like the old stuff, I like the cold chisel. and... And stuff like that, but I also don't mind blokes like um, Flow Rider and Pitbull as well. Um, yeah, as I said, I'm a bit of a floater.
1: Give us a chisel request then, give us a song.
0: Um, well, it has to be k san <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you.
2: I left my heart to the Zephyr's Should to do the same, I And it's only I the vets could understand. About the love of God, dogs I dare chase. How there were no Feeding heroes way back in 1973. But how we said and a me home I saw nobody could not her. she was out and I was home lucky then. Come on that She was like so many more from that time on. The lines are so empty. Tell What's up,
3: this is Scott Ian. this is Rob Cajano with Anthrax, and you're listening to White Line
2: Fever.
1: Okay, welcome back to the program, and I'm here with a very special guest, been trying to catch up with him for, I was going to say a year, but maybe 20 years, <laughs> maybe 20 years. Nick Barker, how
3: are you? G'day Steve. <laughs> i like to lean in like that. Uh, if you want to. Yeah, if you right. want to.
1: We're, we're trying to do a thousand things at once as usual. Okay. Um, now, the reason we're talking now is because the um, reptiles are back together. I didn't even know until I heard that. Um, what's the story? Well, how did you
3: get back together? Why? Gone to the big um, advertising campaigns of the late '80s. A s- Sport, believe it or not, a footy game got us back together. We've got a big thing down here in Melbourne called the Community Cup. They have every year to raise money for RecLink, which helps homeless people. And it's uh, and it's all the musicians. It's called the SB Rock Dogs. Play football team play against the Triple uh, R PBS Megahertz, and it's basically. Melbourne musicians playing a game of footy against uh, DJs and associated radio people, so it's a bit of bit of aggro there sometimes. But they have it every year, and it's a big deal, and they always have a bunch of bands. And you know, they asked us to reform to do it, and we thought, well, that's a you know charity event. You can't really say no, you know. Mm. And it's they it's a really good day. Like they have probably 15,000 people. So we did it for that, and it went really good. Like we really enjoyed it, and thought done all the hard work, might as well do a couple of gigs as well, so we did a couple of pub gigs, and they went real good, and we decided we'll do a few shows in a state and see what happens, you know, I mean, it's 20 years, it's a long time for mm. us, you know, and the good thing is, is, all the boys had kept playing, like it wasn't like no one was dragging a drum kit out from under the house or anything, it was, that all kept playing and everyone was, so, you know, there's a good argument that we're probably musically a lot better than we were mm. 20 years ago, you know,
1: so... And any time a band gets back together or I suppose any group of people get back together you have to revisit the reasons that you broke up in the first place. How, how did that go?
3: It's a lot of... Um, I reckon it's a healing process. You know, reptiles. I mean, reptiles are only around for three years and it was like... like that. You know, we had a lot of money spent on us. You know, one minute we were playing in the tiny little pubs the next minute we were, you know supporting Jimmy on a national tour and it was just... It was whirlwind, you know? And then it kind of... It all just sort of fell in a bit of a heap, mm. and, you know, everyone was pretty confused. We were all pretty young. Um, you know, I suppose for me, I, I kind of went on to do that first solo album, which was quite successful, so, you know, I guess for me it was, you know, uh, it was a soft landing, if you like, You know, whereas the other boys, I guess, sort of, you know, were pretty bitter about it, and, it, you know... It was a really weird time. It was fun, but it was also quite intense. And so getting back together, it was it's kind of a full circle thing, you know? Mm. Any time that, I suppose this is kind
1: of like, at this stage, um, it's almost interviewing 101 when bands get back together. The third question is always, do you have any plans to record? So I'll ask, I'll ask a standard question.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... We kind of talked about it, but you just don't know whether it's pie-in-the-sky stuff. Look, I'll wait until we do these interstate shows, and, you know, if we get three people, say <laughs> so maybe we'll put the recording on the back burner. But if it goes okay and there's interest, you know, I guess the thing that you take for granted is when you're kind of 23 and you get signed to a major record label like Mushroom Records like weed is, you know, I mean, most people, if you say Nick Barker or Reptiles, they'll know who you are. You know, most people of that age group mm-hmm. will, will have heard of us. You know, it's debatable whether they could name any song we did mm-hmm. and even more debatable whether they own a record. Mm. But that they did a, a full-on marketing job on us, you know. Mm. We were a household name, basically, you know. Um, but the thing about the Reptiles is we didn't... You know, at the time, you had guys like Diesel and, and you know, bands like Works. even. And this is like late 80s to 1990 when we were around, 89, 90. Bands were selling like 250,000, 300,000 albums, you know, mm-hmm. as part of due course, you know. Mm-hmm. Reptiles didn't sell that many records, you know. Our first album, I think, didn't even get to gold, you know. And so that's the kind of difference, whereas a lot of bands reform and there's, you know, through 350,000 people out there who bought their album when they were 18 or 19, you know. Reptiles mm-hmm. were, was still just kind of a glorified bar band. That they tried to turn into Guns and Roses and it didn't really work, you know. All we wanted to be was George's Satellites, you know. So.
1: The podcast element of this will have a song in a sec. The podcast element of this is sort of half sport, mm-hmm. so um, and sort of previewing the second state of Origin. Now, people in New South Wales and Queensland are curious. Did the first one have any impact in Melbourne at all? Well,
3: I mean they had it down here. I mean, which was bizarre. Everyone was saying there was a, it was split down the middle on talkback radio. People saying it's a joke and other people saying it's fantastic and. I reckon it's good, you know, I mean, that's a good, that, Telstra a Stadium, what's it, whatever it's called. Well, Eddie Head Now. Eddie Head Now, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great place to watch sport. Yeah. You know, I love watching footy games there because, you know, it's just the way it's designed really well. But, you know, I mean, Wednesday night in Melbourne, I don't think, I mean, I watched it on TV.
2: Mm.
3: I, I didn't understand what was going on, but I still watched it. <laughs> you know, it's AFL Heartland, you know. Give us a song. Nick Barkin, a Reptiles song. Like it won't get you love.
2: This is Michael Starr. This is Lexi Fox. And you listen to White Lion Fever.
1: Welcome back to the program. Sorry, it's been a couple of weeks since the last one again. But uh, I think it was worth waiting for with some great guests, Brett Oaten, Nick Barker, and Josh Morris. Okay, uh, results in rugby league so far this weekend. Uh, West Tigers 10, Melbourne 6, Canberra 32, Newcastle 16, Cronulla 22, Gold Coast 12, uh, Brisbane 40, Sydney Roosters 22. In Super League, Warrington 37, Leeds 18, uh, St Helens 54, Bradford 0, London 28, Widnes 24, Wigan 36, Catalan 14, Castleford 34, uh, Salford 30, and Wakefield 32, Hull 30. Um, the big news since our last episode, of course, is the departure of David Gallup and the ARL Commission currently uh, looking for a replacement. I've made my views on that known elsewhere. I thought it was handled uh, pretty poorly. Maybe we did, in the fullness of time, need someone new. Uh, We needed a peacetime leader instead of a wartime leader. But again, um, I think just tapping him on the shoulder and him being out within 24 hours uh, was pretty... Shabby. Okay, we've got a little bit of news regarding our online presence of White Line Fever. We now have a Twitter account. It's a WLF Podcast. That's WLF Podcast with the at sign before, as anyone who has used Twitter knows it. It's probably the only place on Twitter you can find rock and roll and rugby league news all mashed up together. Now, as far as music is concerned, uh, there's plenty of uh, new releases around to listen to The Cult, Little Caesar, LA Guns, etc., 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 Slash, Taiketto, um, uh, who else? Uh, Trickster, uh, Europe, all got new albums out at the moment. We've played some of them in recent uh, weeks on White Line Fever, but there's some sad news too. A band that won't be releasing any more albums is the Great Rock City Angels, which once included Johnny Depp as part of the lineup. Bobby Durango, uh, the singer and principal and founder, uh, died in the last week, last weekend. Uh, there are no causes uh, of death being publicised yet, but it's very, very sad. So we're going to finish the program with two songs from Young Man's Blues, a 1988 debut from Rock City Angels. If you've never heard of them, give them a, listen, a great band.
2: from Taiketo and Jim Kennedy and you are listening to White, White Lion Fever, Fever. Oh. I got a white line fever Going to run, land down under Going to turn around the corner Way down yonder And <laughs> I'm not even going to try to rhyme anymore <laughs> Michael Monroe here for White Line Fever And dig Michael Monroe Sensory Overdrive The album, the band You get a chance, come and check us out live We're going to rock your socks off and whatever. Rock like fuck. That's what I say, okay? (laughs) Come on down and rock on.